You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Men of good fortune Often cause empires to fall While men of poor beginnings Often can't do anything at all The rich son waits for his father to die The poor just drink and cry talking about Lou Reed Berlin. In the room I have Rob. What up? Ben. <laughs> and Adam. What's up? Berlin is the third solo album uh, by American musician Lou Reed, released on July 1973 by RCA Records. The producer was Bob Ezrin, and the genre is rock and art rock. And I'm going to read from the book, The Eunice Bates. After the commercial success of 1972's Transformer, critics and fans were hungry for another slice of catchy, sexually ambiguous glam rock. What Reed served up was a lot harder to swallow. Berlin was Reed's most brutal work to date. Envisioned as a movie for the ears, the album chronicles the demise of a relationship between two Americans, Caroline and Jim, living in the divided German city. The songs weave through infidelity, drug use, and drug abuse, and violence, ending with Caroline's suicide. Chillingly, Jim refuses to mourn his girlfriend's death, and Sad Song closes with the unsettling couplet, I'm gonna stop wasting my time. Somebody else would have broken both her arms. (laughs) (laughs) Producer Bob Ezrin crafted the perfect widescreen soundtrack to accompany Reed's script, Ezrin recruited an all-star studio band and carefully layered the 10 tracks with lush symphonic sweeps. The result was a glorious slab of orchestral rock, wildly different from the stripped-back sound of Transformer. The record-buying public was not ready for such an ambitiously bleak project. Rolling Stone declared Berlin a disaster, and the album just (laughs) scraped into the U.S. Top 100. The album may have been a commercial disaster, but its gloomy atmospherics stirred a new generation of musicians. Less than a decade later, Joy Division's Ian Curtis would be praised for creating the sort of dark imagery that had left Reed critically crucified. All right, what do we think of Lou Reed's Berlin? I love it. No, you do. It's, I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, it wasn't the first time I heard it, but it was the first time I really compared it to like Transformer mm-hmm. and kind of did the A B test. And it's it's wild. It's a wild album. <laughs> it's a tough pill. Yeah, it is. I thought it was varied in its sound. Um, it starts so baroque. Uh, the opening track is so like. 1920s Berlin, you know, and obviously they're they're going for sort of like uh, the uh, Weimar, like Weimar Republic kind of like here we go, mm-hmm. like bravado, but like, um, but the, uh, I, you know, it, it kind of jumps around a little. It's interesting to hear that characterization of it being like that bleak. I don't think it's that bleak. It, I like if you dig and you and you hear the lyrics. Sure. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, like, 
as it was intended. I would say musically, you're right. Musically, like, musically it's, it's a little, like, it still has those sort of like beautiful little like Lou Reedy, like nicer moments. It's definitely heavy on the repetition of him being like, I mean, we're listening to the, the Men of Poor Beginnings, where it's like st- stilted Lou Reed, like, Men of Poor Beginnings. <laughs> Just like over and over <laughs> doing these like same inflections. It's got it's got stuff that I think is I understand deep criticism of it. I did not dislike it though, mm. but I get like I could see how somebody would listen to this and be like, nah. <laughs> yeah, coming like, off Transformer too, yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. everything's kind of like a single. Yeah, and you got these like this one just like I didn't know that it was like critic flop, but uh, but like <laughs> I mean I could I can see how that happened. Yeah, without disliking it. Yeah. I like how bleak it is. <laughs> I, I I love a, a a an immediately like tragic story. Like mm. ah, two people they fall in love. Oh no, they're junkies. Oh no, <laughs> now the kids have been taken away. Oh, she killed herself. Ah, I would have broken both of her arms anyway. So fuck her. <laughs> it's, the broken both of her arms is definitely when it hits That's home, and you're so like, good. oh shit. <laughs> I did not know. It was, I did not read about it before I listened. I didn't know it was a concept album. I picked up on it. I did not get the whole story. I could obviously tell there were the, a couple characters and like that there was strife. <laughs> you hear but, the, the the origin of that story? Go on. So uh, Bob Edrin, the producer, he was uh, chatting with Lou Reed and he was telling Lou Reed that like the stories in the songs, they, they have great beginnings, but they often don't really go anywhere. They don't have endings. And it was Bob Edrin also. He's, he said he was wondering whatever happened to the couple from uh, Berlin's 1972 version or uh, Lou Reed's 1972 version of Berlin. He's like, yeah, that nice song about uh, about Jim and and Caroline. Like, whatever happened to them? Lou Reed's like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, you're a real bundle of laughs, yeah. Lou. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, a lot of this too was uh, with his his then wife. Uh, and is very like auto- autobiographical, and she like was distraught when she was like listening to the album because it was so much. He had abused her, like there were there was a lot of drug abuse, a lot of alcohol, and it was uh, it was pretty striking that it was so close to home for mm-hmm. him, uh, in that he was actually able to sort of continue and create this album because it was like very personal Too close <laughs> yeah it feels and all the lyrics are like really direct there's no like mincing words it's Mm-mm. literally like yeah he's very he his style is to tell you how it is in small words just kind of like this is what happened well sometimes you don't know if he's narrating or if he's going like he is the character or mm, if he's just right. describing what's happening to the character but it's all bad it's all yeah. bad <laughs> There's no, no, nobody gets out of this okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, musically it's, it's much more, I think it's better than uh, Transformer, which I didn't think I would get to that point, but I think it's, I think every song, the way it, it like, the motifs are all there. It's one, it, it, it's, it's like a, it's a full idea that, ex- that goes about like all of the, oh, what, 10 songs? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, like from, from beginning to end. Like it's just, it's one concise thing. And good God, like the people that they have playing on this are so fucking good. Like, yeah, it's, I really love the bass on oh this God. album. Yeah, I really man, just I, thought the runs I wrote were, down uh, Jack Bruce does the bass. I said Jack mm-hmm. Bruce deserves a medal for his bass work on this. I, I thought it was really enjoyable and like such selective 
performance from specifically the bass player. There's moments of like big production on this record. There's really simple production. Um, if the whole record had sounded like the, the, I guess it would have been Lady Day would have been the track. Uh, I was like, oh no, I, d I don't want to <laughs> listen to this much yeah. uh, Zaz all the time. Yeah, I was you gonna know? say once it once it gets to side two, it kind of came on for me a lot more. The the this record the grew. Ending, yeah, the ending of side one, I felt like that big production didn't didn't necessarily like. I just wasn't into it as mm. much as uh, a lot of the later stuff. I think Men of Good Fortune might be my favorite record. Yeah, on that, that one was pretty good. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the way like Caroline the says one ends? The <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fun. I wasn't really a big fan of Caroline Says, like the first one. Yeah. I it think just has that kind of bombastic kind of production that I, I don't know if it works so much for Reed. I thought the end was going like more Roxy music than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. I mean, in Bowie. Strange, I mean, in, in strange instrumentation. I, I liked end. it, but I think you bring up a good point. Is it the most effective presentation for his vehicle of songwriting? I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. like, like, I feel like, how do you think it feels? This song is, is very like Lou Reed, the way that we're used to hearing him. Mm. You know, that stilted style of delivery and um he's the the presentation has this sort of like darkness but just talking to you talking to the audience yeah yeah t t talking about uh being strung out <laughs> wishing you had some uh some speed or some change to buy some speed <laughs> oh also my dick doesn't work so making love by proxy <laughs> oh that's right making love by proxy how do you think it feels? Uh, <laughs> probably not very good. When do you think it stops? Yeah. <laughs> when have you been up for five days? Because you're afraid to go to sleep. <laughs> it's so good. How do you think it feels when you're speeding and alone? Come here, baby. How do you think it feels when all you can say is if only, if only I had a little, if only I had some change. Come here, baby. If only, if only, only. I think he kind of knew too going into the album that it was. It, like it wasn't going to be received well. He he knew like that he was trying something different, and that you know Bob was, Bob was doing all he could to sort of like keep it together. And they fought a lot in the in the studio. Um, you know, it's Lou Reed, so he's not just going to rest on his laurels and yeah. sort of like be like yeah, let's give a shit this. if anyone likes it. Yeah, yeah. I'm always <laughs> fascinated by how the reception to dark music. I'm fascinated by how people are just like, oh, it's too dark. Like, th like that's automatically a bad thing, that it's dark. And it's so strange that, because I don't think that this is a bad record. Uh, mm -hmm. If you like, were expecting Transformer 2. But, but like, <laughs> I'm going to invite all my friends over, make some cocktails, and we're going to put on the new Lou Reed. But Let's why get are you expecting, why are you expecting that, I guess? Like, I don't know. Because it... Just came it, out ten months earlier. Yeah, right. But it's like that's almost all the more reason for there to be a fresher sound. I just think it's it's a really strange way of hmm. of looking at. I mean, maybe it's easy for me to say that because I wasn't like alive when Lou Reed was in his heyday. Like I, I went and saw him when I was in like sixth grade. But like 
Um, Your parents took you to see Lou Reed? My stepmom, yeah. That's cool. She also took me to see Iggy Pop. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And The Cure and all that stuff. But uh, Lou Reed, I think for me, looking back on it, I know that he has a varied career and there's some dark stuff. I mean, Velvet Underground, songs like Heroin and stuff. You know, it's like, we can't be that surprised that he's got some dark material and drug-related stuff and sadness. Yeah, but I I would say that the uh, last um, uh, Velvet record we did... um, was that sounded self, the self-titled one? Um, Can we do one after that? I don't know, but it, it was like yeah, it, self-titled. Yeah, self-titled. Yeah, like number three. That was sounds more like Transformer mm-hmm. than anything else. Do you like, think there's like an arc? I just, no, no, it doesn't. I think it sounds, it's more it's more straightforward. It's a, it's pop. a Lou Reed it's real, pop record. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Lou Reed pop. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah. Um, it, but like so with that, um, th- th- this is a pretty big departure for him. Yeah, uh, I guess it's just that, like, okay, maybe this is just me, that, like... Not lyrically, not yeah, thematically, but, right. like... I guess I just, I'm so... I feel like critics always want to talk about records as, like, being on, like, a really simple trajectory, where it's just, like, and then they got into this, and then this happened, and this happened. It's like, well, no, like, that's just not how creativity works. It's creativity is something that's, like, you have all these different ideas all the time and an album is just like the thing that you were able to put together when you could put it together. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when these records came out, doesn't actually matter. There might be some relevance. We love to like try to figure out significance and dig through it. But it's like, you know, he might have had some of these songs sitting around the whole time and he, he was waiting to get the pieces to put it all together and get this record out. I don't know. I guess my point is just like they're always looking for this linear story to the, the artists' careers, and I just think that's horseshit, yeah, and, it, and it just fucks up. Unless their... you're ACDC, yeah. you can set your <laughs> watch to their productivity. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess I'm just trying to say is like it ruins, like it ruins their objectivity listening to the album by creating this like strange, rigid guideline to listen to. I agree yeah. with you. I'd also say that music criticism was in its infancy at this point. Not that it's gotten much better. <laughs> yeah, like where are we now? <laughs> but like we got nothing. All the retro, all the retrospectives. <laughs> Like by the same people that were shitting on this record, were like, oh yeah, I was wrong. Like it's hard to have the perspective. It's yeah, it's yeah. hard not to look back and have yeah. a different perspective for sure. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you want to hear the Stephen Davis Rolling Stone review? I would love to. <laughs> it begins with, "It is a disaster taking the listener into a, a distorted and degenerate, <laughs> uh, paranoid schizophrenia." degradation, pill-induced violence, and suicide. There are certain records that are so painfully, or sorry, patently offensive that one wishes to take some kind of physical vengeance on the artists that (laughs) perpetrate them. He concluded that Berlin was Reed's, quote, Last shot at a once promising career. Goodbye, Lou. (laughs) (laughs) This is by who? Rolling Stone. Uh, Rolling Stone, Stephen Davis. Stephen Davis? What is Stephen like? What's what's Stephen Davis up to? I don't know that. (laughs) Goodbye, Stephen. He liked Goodnight Ladies. (laughs) That was his favorite song. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, I always wonder about, like, whenever I read somebody who's, like, so freaking confident like that. I think to myself, like, what do you like? And then you go and you look at what they like, and it's usually not that cool. Mm-hmm. And it's I like, mean, I like that Carpenter's record, too. So <laughs> you you have very original taste. Yeah. You're all over the place. I mean, like yeah. you have a, you know, can't uh, be pinned down. What was your favorite track off of this, Birch? My favorite track is, I mean, it's probably, you know, probably sad song. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, it really just hits at home. That's a really good one. It's a good way to end a record. It's an amazing way to. Was it double guitar or was it, it stereo panned? Uh, to like, I don't know if they're guitar harmonies, but it kind of sounds. Like I think it's is. two guitars. Is it? I think it's yeah. It's double the double the guitars. Yeah, like I said, I think the the side two really picks up. Like it starts off with Caroline says two, then the kids, then the bed, then sad song, and it's like it's tragic, but it, it's it's great. I, I didn't find as I, I didn't like a four four and five. Caroline says, and how do you think it feels as much? Because I just don't like the sort of like bombastic horns. Mm, uh, it, yeah. Something about it just doesn't resonate with me. With Lou Reed, I. I gravitate a lot more towards that like feedback sort of like white light white heat or like just like real distorted crazy well, I get that, like, I like experimental horns, stuff horns when horns, you hear like yeah you want somebody like like charles bradley or something who's like wailing like the horn almost yeah yeah, yeah. like like doing like performing along with it and lou's performance is so like reserved in a way um although it's sort of seething and uh <laughs> and like sort of. i think it's <laughs> interesting and the seething kind of quality i think you're saying like the distorted guitar like and the sort of like ringing out uh feedbacky kind of stuff like that kind of goes with his voice yeah 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 he can present uh, present on the those songs uh does anybody want to talk about the kids that does, miserable does, rotten slut couldn't turn anyone away. <laughs> yeah, so long. Uh, so at the end of the kids, there's, I mean, um, it's very famous that kids were crying. I had originally, the story I heard, the legend I had heard, did anybody hear it mm-mm. differently than they had read up on it? I, I didn't read I didn't read up on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the kids crying at the end is like, there's a, a legend. And the way I originally heard the story was, oh yeah, that is... Uh, what happened is they got uh, Bob's kids in there and Lou Reed came into the studio. He didn't tell the kids while they were in the room. And he said, your mom's dead and closed the door and turned off the lights. (laughs) 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 Now the real story. Damn it. (laughs) I know. Print the legend. (laughs) The real story is that he, uh, well, there's two. Bob actually he was in two he had two different interviews and on one he said that he told them that they were rehearsing a play and that they needed to uh, cry as if they wanted their mom and she had been taken away or something like that so he kind of explained the story to them that doesn't sound like kids acting uh, in the in the in the there yeah well then the other one uh, he said that he he told them like. He, he sort of like scared them a bit by saying like uh, mom's gone or something like that. And then the girl started like crying and then the boy started like they they both did. You know how. You, yeah, it's like a feedback. Kind of, yeah, feedback. A shitty Rube Goldberg machine yeah. of you wailing. You got to make those kids sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that it's in time. Yeah. <laughs> I love that yeah. they're able to s- sequence it up that. Wah! Yeah, is going <laughs> yeah. They, did, uh, they did scream so loud it distorted the tape, so that's why it's like... They, Those kids are really sad. It has yeah. that sort of... Really well, their mom was dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the first one. Oh my god. That's... Um, wow, just I Lou mean, reads this monster. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. it's a monster. It, it, it checks out. Yeah, <laughs> it's not wrong. I'm Lou Reed. I want some realistic kids crying. I know how to get that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this they'll, is right up my alley. They'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> because they said she 
was not a good mother for taking her children away because number one was the girlfriend from Paris the things that they did they didn't have to ask us and then the Welshmen from India who came here to stay Where was this recorded? It was at uh, Morgan Studios in London. Okay, I was wondering uh, and, if they and also it a Record Plant Studios in New York. Uh, and Bob Ezrin, you probably know him. Uh, looked up his creds, but he's he's done tons of stuff. He's done Alice Cooper, Kiss, Pink Floyd, Deep Purple, Peter Gabriel, like cool. t- tons of stuff. Deftones, if you've ever heard them, and oh. 30 Seconds to Mars. Oh, as well. oh my God. <laughs> hey, which Deftones? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Do you really want me to look it up? <laughs> Take the no. 20 minutes to We're find good. out. No. <laughs> yeah, what'd you think, Rob? I love it. It's great record. A++. Nice. Five stars. Thumbs up. Well, yeah, you yeah. were really raving about this. I fucking love this record, man. It's, it, it, it's been in were, constant rotation for three weeks now, and I haven't gotten sick of it yet. That's awesome. And you, were set, you, you like it better than Transformer? I do. I think it's a better record than Transformer. Hmm. Suck it, Stephen Davis. Yeah. <laughs> the future <laughs> says, get fucked. I, I looked him up. He's it's still enjoying a long career of, uh, of music writing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? He writes uh, like band biographies hmm. No. He's done like uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac and and others. Zeppelin. I think I've probably read. I think I've read. Uh, some I wonder what he thinks now. On, oh, yeah. In the book, yeah. I wonder if he changed his mind. I, I imagine no. he probably did. I don't dislike this album at all. I think that there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on. I think it's cool that he's trying to like the. It's just like a, a stretch project, make like trying to fill out one of his stories. It's really well put together and it's well executed. I don't think I'll listen to it very often, mm. but I'm going to give it a, a, a positive. Yeah. I, I think it's a well, it's a good album. I'm definitely glad I heard it, and I would recommend it if someone wants to, you know, just kind of feel weird, sit down in the shower for a while. <laughs> sit down in the shower. <laughs> yes. Just let that water wash over you. You'll never clean yourself. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, uh, for me, it's a positive. I don't love the album, uh, but I do like it. And um, I I think it really shines from the variety of production. I think it shines from being 10 tracks. Um, I think this record could have gotten really dumb and boring if it was, you know, 15 minutes longer. It might have lost me. But I, I mean... <laughs> I think if you can listen to an album once without knowing it's a concept album, because somehow I missed this one. I had heard Sad Song before, and I'd heard Caroline Says, I think, just from, you know, around. But, like, uh, those are the ones I remember. But, like, I did not know this was a story. I didn't know what the story was, but I picked up on it. So, like, mission accomplished from the songwriting yeah. craft, you know. Mm. So I, I like it. So I think it's a positive um, 
kind of like with Ben, it's not something that I'm going to listen to a lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Positive for me. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, I've said it before and I'll probably say it again. I mean, I always like when artists like try and stretch themselves into doing different concepts or different ideas. So I give them lots of props for not just being like, oh, let's just, you know, let's grab the same thing that we did on the last album mm. and, and do do that again. And he I mean, just from Bob giving him this like insight to be like, hey, why don't you do this concept album? He was like, sure, let's do it. Let's make it dark. Let's make it about like real things in my life that are like real fucked up. And yeah, it's uh, it's pretty tragic, but at the same time, it's real interesting and yeah, it's it, not it, trite, you know, it's like, yeah. I think like the stuff that we got so bogged down with in the late 60s was just like, oh my God, just like somebody do something original. Yeah. And it's like, this does not feel like something we've heard yet. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a Lou Reed and it's, he's even expanded, like he was doing something that was unique for music in general at the time. And then now he's expanded on that. Like, how's that bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, also, I also feel like it's pr- really awesome that, you know, finally we have some people saying they're not talking about how awesome they are or how like hot their, you know, girls are or anything like that. It's like, this is yeah. real shit that's yeah. happening and life sucks. Life sucks. <laughs> and then you live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also, and, and just side note, like the, uh, the dude, like whoever did the review beforehand was talking, talking about how, uh, it, uh, like, how what what a what a crazy thing it is to you know like have him like not mourn his dead girlfriend and then say some something really shitty about her and like that that that's normal man like that that that, that that sort of like it's real actual yeah it's it's incredibly real like and I don't know I I, I thought that there was a little more like heart involved with uh with this than uh that particular review gave that I think sort he just of, really uh, missed the boat I think he like. He just doesn't. I don't think the the reviewer has anything in common that allows him to empathize with the characters or Lou Reed. Hasn't I, experienced life enough yeah. to be relieved or, when a drug addict, you know, dies. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's the crazy thing is, it's like even if you don't have the experience to relate to that, like you can have empathy, right? Certainly. I mean, you should. I, I think I do. No, I mean, no. emotions are complicated, and yeah. people are complicated, and something. Sometimes something happens and you're supposed to feel sad about it and you don't. And addressing that is cool. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. He with that. didn't break her arms. <laughs> Moral of the story. Someone he could else, have. Some, and someone else. Someone else. Someone else. Yeah. 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 It's like, like I love that idea too. It's like you really is that what we think? That's it's, what Jim thinks. It's also it's it's oddly specific, Lou. It's, like, <laughs> it's what Jim thinks, and maybe Jim still on speed. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, don't want to find out about the uh, Lou Reed arm breaking society. <laughs> I want to. I want to make those patches though. <laughs> All right. Next time we'll be talking about Genesis selling England by the pound. Thanks, y'all.